Hello folks, welcome to the Nerd One Podcast. I'm your host, Vincent, and today's show, we're talking about a Christmas nightmare. So sit down, buckle up, it's getting kind of jolly and creepy. Yeah, that's right. There's actually a movie called A Christmas Nightmare. And I watched it so you wouldn't have to. And I want to make this kind of a a bad Christmas movie. But I don't want to do just like the random TV special holiday that just kind of sucked. I want to find something that was like, you could tell there was money put into it, but it just didn't really go anywhere. So... A Christmas Nightmare is basically a set of four stories that kind of all revolve around uh, Krampus. Krampus is basically the evil version of Santa Claus. He wants to, He's the one who wants to kind of take children away for being naughty and chains and whipped and all that. You know, fun guy. You know, life of the party. So, in this episode, I'm going to basically go from worst to best. Like I said, there's four, so let's start with the worst one, which is there's a story about three high schoolers who go to investigate the murder of two classmates. You know, that happened on Christmas Eve one year before. And it happened in the basement of an old school. Uh, We there to come find out that was actually a kind of a, a medical... Uh, facility uh, apparently it's one of those buildings that's been is so old that over the years it's had many different things currently it's just a junior high school before it was like a a catholic housing you know place like um a boarding school before that it was hospital but so what happens is that of course it's you know three unassuming people who think that they're gonna you know go in, get everything they need, and get out. So they sneak their way to the basement to find out that they're they're locked down there. So while they're down there, they're filming what they need to film, you know, so they can have, like, this exclusive scoop. They they don't really see why they want to do this, like, whole thing, but they want to. And you're shown what's happened before where you know, one of the kids is actually, you know, crucified onto a wall. And, you know, on the opposite wall of him is something that says, Unto this day, a savior is born, which is from, you know, the Bible. But then the other person who was down there just was just look like their neck was snapped and they're just beaten to death, bludgeoned to death. So these three, you know, high schoolers want to go down there, you know, Retrace, retrace the steps with these, you know, two before they died. They get locked down down there, so they start recording. And, of course, you know, they hear noises. So what do you do when you hear noises in a strange, scary place? You split up. It's the smartest thing to do, right? Especially in horror movies. So, it comes to it that, you know, there's two guys and a girl. The girl, you know, starts becoming shaky, faints. They, the two guys shake her a little bit, wake her up, she'll wake up. They're like, okay, whatever, she's asleep. So, you know, as they're both wandering around, 
you know, leaving her as she was, she comes to. And then she goes after one of the guys, and we find out that she's possessed. Because she tries to, you know, entice him into, you know, cheating on his girlfriend. He resists, saying no, and she kills him. Well, possessed her, kills him. The same way, she basically, you know, uses her ghost powers or possession powers and crucifies him to a wall using his blood. Threats the same thing. And onto this world, the Savior is born. And then, you know, for the finale, you see that the other guy is easily enticed into her wares and you know from there they both look for the other guy because she finally comes to her senses they find him crushed on the wall and all of a sudden a ghost appears kills the other guy it forms the girl that she is now pregnant and that she used to leave and go about her day and that's it fun right um yeah so, next one though. Next one involves it's kind of a a leak between the first one and the second one is that there's a cop who investigated the murders of these two high schoolers uh, the year before on you know Christmas Eve, who has since taken leave uh, due to like mental trauma. I guess he saw something down there. They don't really explain why. That's why I assume. And so you see him at home, it's Christmas Eve, and what are they doing? It's him, his wife, their son, who decided they're gonna go get a Christmas tree. All right, sounds good. They're driving, they stop on the side of the road, and they look around, they hop out, he grabs a giant saw, and they hop a fence into someone's yard that says no trespassing. So, a cop, his wife, and their son are going to go cut down someone's tree and take it. And they do that. But as they're dragging the tree back, you know, the kid stops, he pulls out an inhaler, revealing, I believe he has asthma. And as, you know, he's taking a puff from his inhaler, it kind of goes back to the parents. The parents notice he's gone. They turn around, run back. And, you know, after a few minutes of shouting and running, they see, well, they hear him inside of a tree. Okay. So they pull him out and right away, you know, as an audience, you can tell there's something, something different from the kid. He is much more focused, much more awake than he was before. Because, you know, for the few minutes we've known him, he seems kind of sleepy. And maybe it's because of the asthma. But from there, um... You know, they load the cars in a tree, um, they all go home. The kid doesn't do a thing. He's just sitting on the couch. He is not doing crap. The dad's trying to bond with him a little bit, saying that he apologizes he's been gone for so much. Um, assuming he's been in and out of therapy. Um, also, he said he missed last Christmas, probably because of what happened in that basement. And still, the kid does nothing. So the dad walks away 
and the mom's sitting at the table for dinner. The kid goes over, sits from his plate, just starts eating, just downing it. It's um, spaghetti. And they're trying to tell the kid, you know, slow down, you're going to hurt your stomach, you know, like any good parent would. And the kid doesn't respond. So then it goes over, you know, thinking the kid's just a little too focused on his food. You know, puts his hand on the table and the kid's hand. And what's the kid do? He steps his dad's hand with a fork. Yeah. So at this point, they start to have their worries about him, which they should have before. And, you know, the dad decides to, the best thing to do is put a band on it, have a beer. I mean, I would, wouldn't you? You know, kind of helps kill the pain, right? From there, you can kind of see, you know, things just spiral out of, the, out of control pretty fast. You know, both mom and dad leave the room, come back, and they find the kid by the Christmas tree. Everything's been torn apart. You know, the gifts are open. You know, some of the toys and, you know, clothing, all that that's for gifts were just broken or ripped apart. The dad you know, loses his temper. Mom stops him. And because the dad's about to take his dad takes his belt off and says he's going to correct the kid right now. So the dad leaves the room. The mom's trying to talk to him, and the phone rings. And on the other end of the phone is the guy they stole the tree from, asking if they you know enjoy if they're enjoying the tree, and if they know something different about their son. He doesn't act the same and all that. And the mom gets a little more thought of, yeah, he is different. Then, you know, she talks to the dad. Like, you know, he hasn't used this inhaler at all since we got him back. So the dad doesn't, dad doesn't really want to pay attention because he's still, he's still irritated. So the mom leaves the room. She goes to shower, you know, comes back out, sees the dad dead. His hand chopped off, and the son playing with the hand has been chopped off. So she calls the guy back and says, you know, what's going on? The guy informs her, well, that's not your son. That's a changeling. Uh, you can bring him back as soon as you can. You know, things are bad, so come back now. So the mom tries to entice the kid as best she can as she sees her dead husband, you know, and the kid playing with part of him. You know, she has baseball out in her hand, has a giant like duffel bag, and tries to entice him that we're gonna, they're gonna go for a ride. Well, the kid slash changeling is a little too smart for that. Attacks mom. Mom takes back to the kid's head, and they both go back to the the farm where they stole the tree from. Opens up the bag. Changing, you know, hops out. The guy informs him, you know, hey, sorry, I keep him here. You know, usually I'll get out. I apologize. They start demanding, where's my kid? He's like, hmm, I don't know. Like, all I know is you have my changeling. So thank you for bringing him back. And so the mom pulls out a gun and threatens, you know, to shoot the changeling. And what happens? The guy basically says, I know where your kid is. And so the mom shoots the guy and the changeling runs off. But from there, from the gunshot, the kid himself actually comes forth from the same tree, cold, with his inhaler. And the mom and the kid go home, 
to enjoy their Christmas. Yeah. So, that was number two, and I know this is going to be a long episode, but bear with me. The third one, again, has its own connection to the second story, where a family drives by the same spot where the family from the second one is getting out to, t- to steal the tree. This family is driving to go see the dad's aunt. You know, go see family, you know, see family Christmas is nothing unheard of. Pretty common, actually. This year, maybe not so much, but, you know, in normal years. So, they're going, and the dad's explaining how he wants this to be a good visit. He wants this to be a family visit. As you see, both kids are, you know, on their phones. So is the wife. They're driving a pretty expensive car. And I'm just going to say this right now. The wife, she's a bitch. Just flat out. Uh, the kids have no respect for the dad. That's obvious to see right away. But when they do eventually get to, you know, the aunt's house, apparently this is a unannounced surprise visit. The aunt is not very welcoming. You kind of get a hint of that there was some, you know, strife, some sort of grief between, you know, the dad's of mom and aunt before the mom passed away. Um, you know, the kind of hint maybe it might be money. And, you know, very quickly, you know, the family, <laughs> I wouldn't say tries to, you know, get comfortable, but like the mom goes right for, you know, the liquor tray. Takes like half a glass of, it looks like, you know, sherry or brandy, you know, the son is playing like these, you know, old figurines, breaks one. And who, which one does he break? Krampus. And, you know, the daughter is just like walking around and we eventually find out she's stealing stuff. After a few minutes, you know, the dad, the aunt, you know, are done talking. And the aunt's like, uh-uh, you guys got to go. Get out. And as they're... You know, being shooed away by... I'm guessing it's a guy who works for the ant. I mean, they didn't really explain who he is. But the ant's very insistent that they leave as this guy's shooing them away. So they're they're driving home. You know, feeling like it's a failed visit. And it was. They all of a sudden, you know, are... Not pushed off the road. But... Basically, a figure appears in front of the car as they're driving. The dad does his best to avoid it, but eventually steers the car into a pile of snow. No traction, so they get out and start walking. As they're walking, they're all arguing with each other about what other things they could be doing. And all of a sudden, what happens? The sun disappears. Not before you hear like a chain you know, being thrown, whipped around him and pulled away. And then after after about a minute or so of them searching all that, they wonder what to do next. What do we hear again? The chain. What happens? Does it catch the one? Kinda. It goes through the dad's stomach. And they pull the dad away. But eventually the dad finds his way back, and the the dad, the mom, and the daughter, 
you know, run to a local church, thinking they'll be safe in there. But as we know, in any horror movie, a church is not safe. Yeah, you know, we'll have to we'll debate that later on a different podcast. But you know, the dad's there, he's bleeding out, he's know he's gonna die, he's kind of trying to make amends to you know the wife and the daughter saying that you know he basically you know brought them out there because his company's gone, it's bankrupt, it's done. He was asking the aunt for money and he apologized for all the wrongs he's he's ever done. And eventually the chain comes back, grabs him, and pulls him out of the church. And we're assuming he's dead. Yes, we are. I mean, it's a horror movie. He, he's dead. An unknown shadowy figure. Yeah, they killed him right away. And then the you know daughter and the mom, they go hide. It looks, looks to be a confessional. And they hear someone enter, enter the church. You know, snarling, deep breathing. And, well, let's just say the mom had a quick moment of character development. <laughs> I'll call it that. And she runs out, you know, tells her daughter to just run as fast as she can, you know, the opposite direction. So the mom comes out, you know, tries to distract, distract whoever's there. And the daughter runs. She bolts it. So much so that she actually bolts it back to the aunt's house. And the best part is that she runs into the creature, which we found to be Krampus. And we found out kind of a fun little twist. Apparently Krampus is not a being, not a physical being. He is a metamorphosis that happens to people on Christmas Eve who have blackened hearts, who have hate in their hearts. So I guess the Grinch from the Grinch Stole Christmas be a perfect, you know, Krampus. Anywho, the daughter defeats him by basically, you know, kind of, she plays, doesn't really play dead, but she plays like, you know, defeated. Sees an old gas can, throws gas on Krampus, lights him up with a lighter that she stole from the ants. Until a point where you see Krampus turn back into the guy who basically, you know, cleans the grounds and is burned to death. So Krampus, you know, Krampus is gone. Day is saved. So that, you know, the daughter goes inside, hands there and says, you know, thank goodness you're still alive. We're going to get through this together. We're family. And the daughter's like, you knew that the guy was turned to Krampus. And that's why he sent us away, so he could hunt us down, not hunt you down. And as the aunt's trying to explain what's going on, the daughter gets more and more and more angry, to the point where she turns into Krampus and kills the aunt. Interesting twist to the end of it, right? Hey, everyone. So just kind of quick break, break real fast. So let you know that over the holiday season, if you get bored of everything else out there, check out my other podcast. It's anchor.fm forward slash have a story. It's a good time. It's a original story going on. But yeah, now back to our regular, regular scheduled program. 
So for the fourth story, it, and like I said, it's from the worst of the best. This is the best of all of them. It's the best of the worst, I guess. But really, it revolves all around Santa. And up to this point, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but we've been kind of slowly checking in with a radio you know, host called uh, Dangerous Dan and his you know, partner, Storm Norman, to kind of get the holiday classics and to get the weather. And the best part is Norman apparently is not a fan of Christmas. At one point, he holds up a paper you know, to, you know, Dangerous Dan or Shatner and basically says, F Christmas. So that kind of shows his view on all that. But as, as all these stories have gone along, they've always kind of touched base with, you know, Dangerous Dan as he's slowly getting more and more drunk off of, at first it's eggnog, but as the movie goes along, it's just more about what he can get his hands on. Which makes it, it makes him kind of fun, and being William Shatner, it's just it's it's William Shatner. He's fun. So, in this fourth one, um, it shows you know Santa. Uh, he's at the you know, North Pole, and probably the coolest thing about this whole whole movie is their shot of the North Pole. You're kind of flying over it. I mean, the CGI is not that great, but just the design look of it looks really cool. And we see Santa kind of, go, you know, check on what, what the elves going on. Uh, he has a meeting inside his you know, office with some of the head elves. And who shows up? Mrs. Claus. And she's, you know, handing out cookies to the elves. You know, tell them, hey, you know, eat up because, you know, it's our busiest day of the year. You need your strength. And one of the elves says, no, thank you. And that makes everyone just stop. Because, I mean elves live off of sugar this is this is canon to everything you know you know elves of every shape and size lord of the rings you know christmas all elves eat sugar i think but when asked again it's like hey you know it's gonna be a long day have one and he says i don't want any effing cookies which we all know elves don't swear not normally <clears throat> but what happens is that you know he, you know, you can see him change this elf. His teeth go in like razor sharp form. Eyes kind of seem a little more out of it. He leaps. Santa grabs his cane and lops off his head. Yep. Well, he scalps him basically because you can kind of see the brain protruding out. And everyone's like there in amazement of, you know, elves can't die, can they? And Santa's like, no, elves can't die. But now he is dead. And so as everyone's looking at this, the, el the rest of the elves around him begin, begin to change as well. And they're just attacking Santa and Santa's, you know, having to defend himself and Mrs. Claus. So he's killing him. He has his cane and somehow his cane, his staff is razor sharp on the top to the point where he can just lop off limbs without a problem. Clean cut. It's probably just part of the, uh, you know, costume department, you know, make things easier. But, you know, Santa's kind of going around, you know, his workshop to see what may be causing this, what's going on. He has an idea, but he, do he doesn't tell you. I mean, as, as, if you've gotten this far in the movie, you know it's Krampus. 
that's causing this. And as he's going through, you know, the workshop, he has to take down more elves. And kind of the saddest part is that before he kills each one or before he engages each one, he says their name. Like he knows these elves, like they're his children, like his family. And he's having to make the choice of either let them kill me or I'm going to have to take them down. But after going through the entire workshop, uh, double checking that Mrs. Claus is okay, he comes upon his sleigh and the reindeer, and you know he hears the doors banging, you know to the you know to the barn. He looks at the barn doors. He knows what's out there, and you know as he grabs basically a two-headed axe because he knows that his staff is not going to cut this. Who approaches him? But Krampus. Now, they don't explain this is actually the girl that transformed the Krampus or not. They're just saying this is just Krampus. And from there, you know, a battle ensues. You know, Krampus is getting the upper hand on Santa. Santa gets up, you know, takes a swing at Krampus, takes off his horn. And Krampus falls to the ground. And he is, like, screaming in pain. And, okay, spoiler warning right here. If you want to know what happens in the end of the movie, pause now, go watch it, come back. Okay, good enough. Krampus is screaming in pain, and he's screaming in pain to the point where he says, Please, Norman, stop. And Santa stops, looks and is like, What did you just say? And Krampus says, Please, Norman, stop. And suddenly you realize, It's not Santa, it's Storm and Norman. And he is actually at a mall, dressed as Santa, with an axe in his hand, and he's been basically attacking people. He's had some sort of mental breakdown to the point where he believes that, you know, someone's been attacking his, you know, his workshop, and all the elves he's been hacking up have been mall employees. Yeah. But what happens is that... You know, he's kind of going in and out of this delusion. You know, he sees the guy on the ground that he thought was Krampus. You know, basically begging for his life. He's he's remembering going up to the people in the mall and then begging for their lives, attacking him, you know, to defend themselves. And finally the police show up to the mall and they bust down the doors. You know, Norma's still there holding the axe. And he sees the cops. But then he blinks and then he sees Krampus again. And so he picks up the axe. What happens? Cops bow him down. So yeah, like I said, this this is the best one that they had. It's the best of the worst. But I don't know. For this one story, they kind of made it worth it, right? But folks, that's all I got for this time. So once again, my name is Vincent. This is the Nerd One Podcast. Come find us on social media. We're still doing Twitter, Nerd One Five. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, Nerd One Podcast. Um, if you don't mind, do share the episode. Like, subscribe. We're pretty much on all the major social uh, platforms. Well, all the major podcast plat- platforms. Apple, iTunes, um, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon as well. Yeah, Audible actually has their own you know, podcast section now. And we're there. But until next time, stay safe out there. Wash your hands, stay clean. We'll talk to you soon and have a great day. Bye now.